this worship team and the mornings to come to my house. When I'm supposed to get up in the morning and do a little bit of this leading and worship, my day would be so much better. And I would be so much more encouraged. I'd be more excited about getting up out of bed if I were to go, I'm going to get to do this. Thank you, Greg, and those that served as him leading us in worship and praying our hearts for the reading and studying of his word. Thank you. Those who take up the offering and help teach us Sunday mornings and those who serve in so many other ways are so very, very grateful for you. Hope you have a Bible with you, something that you can preferably open up, or maybe something that you can turn on. And if you would, take it and join me in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. If you take your Bible and you pretty much just let it fall to the middle of the book, you're probably going to be in the Psalms, which is the plural of the collection of the individual. Um, each individual psalm, and so Psalm 119 is where we're going to be at this morning. Hopefully when you came in, you've got a bulletin, or something that you can uh, look on the back of the list of notes if you want to follow along as we uh, work through God's Word together. So Psalm 119, in a few moments, we're going to start in verse 1. Many of you know some of my childhood past. I grew up with a, a lot of kids in my house. One mom, one dad, and anywhere from five to ten kids at any given time in the house. And so it's very often that with the kids being scattered, of course, this was pre-screen days, this is before all the smartphones and all the video games, and all that stuff, and you actually went outside, and you actually used your imagination, and you actually did stuff outside, outdoors, in the dirt, like kids could do today. But in the world stage, you'd go outside. Well, in that way, mother or father would need something, or they would have to some kind of instructions to give. So it's very common for mom to look at Tucker and say, go tell Spence to do this. Or to look at Will and to say, hey, Will, go tell Spence that I want him to come. So there is very different time to time that many siblings would come to you and say, hey, mom or dad said. And so you would think, okay, this is mom or dad said. Do I go do that? Or if you can imagine in the course of children, they start to realize they can abuse that. So then they start to say, well, mom or dad said, and mom or dad didn't say. So one of the biggest do not break rules in the fall household growing up was because was that if you said mom or dad said, when they didn't say, you are in big, super duper double trouble. Because that is one of the big ones you did not break. Because mom and dad understood the or the value in whenever someone says they said, then they better have said, and if they didn't say, then don't say they said. Well, in our world today, we are surrounded, overwhelmed by a lot of different voices coming at us. Whether they're voices from a screen, whether they're voices from a phone, whether they're voices over the TV or over the radio, we are surrounded with people coming into our ears, into our eyes, from the domination of the key train of mind. There are all kinds of people coming in trying to tell us, well, I think this, well, I say that, well, I, my opinion is this, I believe this, I believe that. And when they come, they all come with this idea, well, I know what is right, and I know what is wrong, I will tell you what is right or wrong, they will come in and say, well, this is true, and this isn't true, this is, this is true, and this is 
the writer of the song helps give us clarity, helps give us explanation of what God's place should be in our lives. And the first one I want you to see from the very top is that God is our authority. Now, you may say, well, you already said that, Spence. Yeah, but the song writer gives it. It wasn't just Spence's opinion that God has authority. It's the Bible's declaration that the Bible has authority and that God has authority. This is why you say in the verse 1, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. So the very beginning, he points and he puts this picture between humanity and God. In other words, God has authority because it is God's creation. You go all the way back to Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, the very first understanding of the story is in the beginning of God. Before you existed, before I existed, before this world existed, before the Holy Church existed, before anything that we know today existed, in the beginning of God. God was before all and God was above all. God is our authority because it is God's creation. So the songwriter places it right here in these first few verses to let us remind us that when it comes to our view of humanity and our view of God, we need to understand it. We don't decide the nature of the relationship. I've said before about how sometimes I'm amused at some, some parents and small children. And they, and they look at little Johnny and they say, Little Johnny, come here, little Johnny, listen to the ghost. And little Johnny takes off running, and that parent then chases after little Johnny. Well, little Johnny, if I give you a box ticket, will you promise to be good? That's backward thinking. Little Johnny is obedient to his parent because little Johnny is not the parent. And see, in our society, sometimes we come in and we think, God, you obey me. God, I tell you what to do. God, you should be doing what I want you to do. God, you should be following after me. And we get our position out of what? God is the authority. Because it's God's creation. And not just the God is the authority because it's creation. God is the authority because it's his rules. But he needs his rules, Spence. Well, look back with me over these eight verses. In these eight verses, I count, you might have more, at least eight different times the songwriter refers to God's rules. He says there in verse 1, the law of the Lord. Verse 2, he talks about his testimony. Verse 3, in his ways. Verse 4, your precepts. Verse 5, your statutes. Verse 6, all your commandments. Verse 7, your righteous rules. Verse 8, your statutes. He seems to remind them that not only is God in a position of authority because it's his nation, but these are God's rules. God is the one that determines the rules. God is the one that has set up what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. So the songwriter is presenting this picture and saying, when it comes to my relationship with God, I've been created by God. And therefore, I'm going to be a fool. Which means when it comes to the life of this church, we have the command to tell other people I'm an authority under God. And I am going to teach people how I live under that authority and how God desires for them to live under the authority as well. So that's why we're teaching the Bible. We're not teaching the Bible for proud and cold. We're not teaching the Bible so we can manipulate people. We're not teaching the Bible so that we can determine and we can milk you out of your money and we can control what you think and what you do. Religion is not about trying to find more people. Religion is about, especially biblical 
myself more of those five. I might have read it in a different way, but the songwriter reminds us that it's God's authority because it's God's creation, it's His rules, and it's His revelation, which is why the songwriter here in these eight verses, he keeps coming and saying that it is your rules, it is your statutes, it's your commandments, it's your testimonies, it's your things. Well, how does he know that? Because God has revealed it to him. Because God in His goodness and His loveliness towards us. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit has inspired people for a period of time to record what we hold as sacred scripture today. And God has revealed Himself to us. He has revealed us to us. He has revealed the story about creation, the fall, sin, and the redemption that is to come. He has given us everything that we need for faithful obedient living before Him. God has revealed to us everything we need to know to live a faithful Christian life. God has revealed it to us. Why? Because God is our authority. My first vehicle was a 1982 Chevrolet Squirtle. And when you get this vehicle, I was obviously not the first owner of this vehicle, and so when you get this vehicle, Something goes wrong with the vehicle. This was back before the day that you could just YouTube anything. So the timing gets out of sorts, and some of you are going to go, we have no idea what he's talking about, so just listen along and not like you do. But for those of you who understand, the timing gets a little bit out of whack, and you think, well, how do I retard or advance the timing? How do I do this? And so you go to the law boxes, I'm a hundred percent, you you have no clarification there. You can't just put it up on a search engine, so back in the day, Children. Any of you remember children? Okay. So you go and you go to O'Reilly's at the auto parts store and you would buy the children's menu. It would be for the make of the vehicle, the model year of the vehicle, and everything would be in the children's. I'm not the one that wrote the children's. I'm just the guy that when I needed a piece of information, I went through the book. I went through the children's because it had the information that I needed to know. And nowadays, if you want to know something, you can get a thousand different people to give you a thousand different answers, and you don't know if they're true, if they're right, if they're wrong, if they're just trust to them. So when it comes to what we listen to our daily lives, who What authority are you referencing? You see, now we're living in the day that you just don't go to the bottom of the house, or the bottom of the house, you just don't go to the children's world, the children's centers. Now you have to you do a you do an internet search on it. Now you get a hundred different hints, and now you're scrolling through trying to figure out what this says, and that hint says, and that hint says, and that hint says, all of these things that are going. Sometimes in the electrical industry, and I'm wanting to know how the device is supposed to be wired in or this is supposed to work, I can tell it. Internet search, I get a thousand ideas. What do I do? I go to the manufacturer. If it's a Murphy device, I go to Murphy because the manufacturer is going to tell me how he designed for it to work. The manufacturer of our lives. The songwriter here reminds us that when it comes to us and the Bible, we need to understand that it is God's authority. Therefore, when it comes to the Bible, we come to the Bible not because it's a good, uh, moralistic teaching or because it's 
other teaching because it makes us feel good. It's because God is our authority. But then secondly, I want you to see that there's also another point that the songwriter gives us, and that is that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to know God's Word. You may say, well, how in the world do you think that we have a responsibility to know God's Word? Listen to how he continues to say it. In verse 1, he talks about the way he explains it. Verse 2, who keep? Verse 2, who seek? Verse 3, but walk in his ways. Verse 4, to be kept diligently. Verse 5, that my ways may be steadfast. Verse 6, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Verse 6, verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart. Verse 8, I will keep your statutes. There's the idea of the songwriter that not only has God given me, Right now, media, 
this YouTube channel where they teach you God's Word, they read God's Word. You can sit there and you can listen to God's Word in your earbuds when you're driving down the road while you're doing anything. And now they even got the waterproof Bluetooth speakers so you can actually sit in the shower while you're washing behind your ears and you can listen to God's Word being read to you. We have never, ever, ever in all of our existence had more access to God's I'm convinced that we've never had a higher rate of biblical illiteracy ever Why? Because we do not know God's Word. And if we do not know God's Word, how can we teach God's Word? That's why he says, the psalm writer reminds us that not only is God our authority, but we have a responsibility. That means that every single person who came to voice in this room, whether you're watching me on the camera or you're listening to me virtually later on the road, if you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility to know God's Word. Not to go to a church where the preacher knows God's Word. Not to go to a physical life where the physical preacher knows God's Word. Not to have people around you. My grandma knows God's Word. Or my uncle knows God's Word. Or my best friend knows God's Word. Or they supposed to know God's Word. Or this radio program knows you. Knows God's word, or this person I watch on TV knows God's word. No, you have a responsibility to know God's word. Why? Because God is holy, going to hold us accountable by His word. He's not going to hold you accountable based upon the teaching of some smiling TV preacher. He's not going to hold you on the accountability of your grandma's teaching. He's not going to hold you on the accountability of some devotional that you spend 30 seconds on a day. He's going to hold you accountable to his word. And if you and I look at God and say, but God, I didn't know what God's going to say. Yeah, you did. You chose not But then there's another. There's another place the psalmist gives us here in Psalm 119. He talks about God's authority. He talks about our responsibility to know. And he also talks about our opportunity to serve. Our opportunity to serve. So if you know that God has this position of authority, He has given us His word. We have responsibility to know what that word is. That is not sufficient because, because I can show you some examples in my house on a daily basis where I have a child that understands I'm the father. They understand what I want them to do. And yet they still do not do it. So it's not a matter of knowing that who God is, and it's not a matter of saying, I know what God's word says. If you are not then submitting to God's word, you're missing the point. So that's why he says it's our opportunity to submit. How do we do that? And we do it personally in what we see. Look back up there in verse 6. He says, When I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your. I'm sorry, back up to verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimony, who seek him with their whole heart. So what is he saying? He is saying, that that individual, that writer there, the psalmist, the soul writer, he is saying, that I have an opportunity to submit to God. And how do I submit to God? It's in what I see. He says, who seek him with their whole heart. We are looking for things all the time. We are looking for things, deals, bargains, 
mighty enough. Let me first build up for the last thing God's word every day. Every day. You see, whatever it is that I'm pursuing daily is what I am submitting to. That is what takes forgiveness in my life. So he says we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to submit to God's word. It starts off by what are we seeking? Are we seeking God's word? Are we seeking understanding? Are we seeking knowledge? Are we seeking application? Are we seeking the, the correction and the discipline that comes? Are we seeking those things? In addition, it's from what we prioritize. Okay, verse 6. I go back to this. I started reading this earlier when I was this up. Then I should not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all of your commandments. The idea is that God says, hey, I'm God. I have authority. Yes, you are God. You do have authority. God said, well, I have given you revelation. This is what you do. This is how you do it. This is what I expect of you. Okay, thank you, God. I have your word, and my eyes are fixed on your commandments. Because that is the most important thing about my life is what I'm doing with God's word. You mean, is that more important than my job? Absolutely. You mean, is that more important than eating? Yes. You mean, I should put God's word and my time with God's word above everything else. I would say, short of your relationship with God, I would say it takes precedence over everything around you and this There is not another higher authority to then give you instructions. And people say, well, you know what? I'm going to spend more time with my family, so I can't spend time with God's work. I'm going to tell you that when you put God where God wants to be, then God has a way of working everything else out. And it might be that you need to wake up a little early. It might be that you need to put down the social media. It might be that you need to put away some of that stuff that you're wasting time on so that you prioritize God's word. We have an opportunity to sit in what we see and in what we prioritize. And yet, so many times in our lives, we get to the end of the day, we're like, I just didn't have any time. I'm just spent all this day. And we have all these things to go, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you that it's a matter of priorities. That's why he says in verse 6, having my eyes fixed on all the commandments. But then also, it comes down to what we celebrate. Listen to verse 7. I will praise you with an upright heart. He's, he's happy about it. He's joyful about it. He's like, Celebrate 50 yard line football tickets. Celebrate. I'm going to celebrate. We'll celebrate next day off work. We'll celebrate an event, season, the time. We'll, we'll do a lot of things and celebrate, but how many times you can I? Celebrate the things of God. He says in verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. He doesn't say, I will praise you when I have everything I want. I will praise you when I'm happy. I'll praise you when I get what I want. I will praise you when I feel like it. I will praise when you do everything I ask you to do. He says, I will praise you with an upright heart, with a pure heart, with an 
Okay, so why does God's authority have anything to do with teaching the Bible? Well, we teach the Bible by growing in faith and submitting to God's Word. Well, why does that matter about God's authority? Because it's God's Word. And if we don't understand, and when it comes to God's Word, we come to it first and foremost before anything else because of God's authority, and we don't come to it at all. But what are you supposed to do as a church to practice teaching God, teaching the Bible? Well, we grow in our knowledge, but we have something to teach the people. We submit to the Bible in our lives, and we need practice faithful living. We say, because God's Word says this, I am doing that. How many things yesterday? If someone had said, why are you doing that? Would your explanation have been, because God's Word says How much of your activity tomorrow? If someone come to you and say, why are you doing that? Then you can say, because God's word. I'm not saying that you come to me and I'm putting my thoughts in you and say, why are you putting your thoughts on? Well, because it says, it says, in second hesitation, chapter 2 and verse 5, it says that I'm putting my thoughts on. Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that when you come and you say, Spence, why are you getting up on a Sunday morning and going to church? Because God's word says that God forsake the sin of the believers. When someone is rude to you and you do not respond in kind, you say, Why is this? And you know that because the Bible tells us to be kind and harder to one another, forgiving one another. Well, Spence, why are you supporting the ministry of the church? Because the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me that the Bible commands me to support the ministry of the church. All these things I can point back to and say, Because God's word says. And that's a whole lot more meaningful to them because I said, Greg said, Adam said, Jimmy said, Dan said, Said, your brother said, God. Here's my question for you. Who says, in your life? Who says, in your life? Have you been telling the kind of life that you said, in your life? Have you been living the kind of life that the blood said? Have you been living the kind of life that the world says? Or are you this morning living the kind of life that God says? But the question for you is simple. In a few moments, I'm going to pray and we're going to stand and we're going to sing with Greg and then a song. While we're singing that song, while we're singing it, it's an opportunity for you to respond. If you're here this morning, you know that you're not living because God says. You're living because someone on this earth. I want to give you an opportunity to come and repent. Not repent to me, not repent to someone else in this room, but to repent before God. You may have a lot of mixed up words, you may have a lot of mixed up values, you may have a lot of lifestyle that is not reflecting God's word, or you may be here this morning and you may know God is your authority and you may know God's word, just Lord not. Prayer is that we as a church teach the Bible. Not teach ourselves, not teach human wisdom, not teach first 